0: We have two more Patreon questions
1: and only about 25 minutes left, Um, so I'm going to get to these questions real quick, and then I got a few that I can go through um, from YouTube, so if you have some, I think right now is probably your last chance to maybe get a couple in. I have a few written down that I've seen while you guys are going, so if you see when they switch the camera, if I'm looking down, just know that's what I'm doing here, but We have a question from John Brooks, and this is another one that we've talked about this at length, specifically um, during episodes after, for example, there was a pastor who was specifically, he dealt with suicide. That was supposedly his ministry. He wrote entire articles about if you commit suicide, you'll still go to heaven, and then he himself ended up committing suicide. So I think the question um, is, from John Brooks, I don't think, I know the question he has is, can you go to heaven if you do commit suicide? Well, I don't
2: believe the scriptures clearly state anywhere that you do. And we say where the scriptures speak, we speak. Uh, where scriptures are silent, we're silent. Uh, as far as doctrinal issues come, we have to deal with issues like this. And so when we let the scriptures speak, uh, the scriptures indicate that, that suicide is always done whenever we see it. When somebody kills himself, it is self-murder. It's murder. You, we've been created in the image of God. Uh, we we belong to God. We're not our own. You know the Bible says we're brought with a price. So whether you kill somebody else or you kill yourself, you're killing someone that God made, and we have no right to kill ourselves. In fact, there's scriptures where people, in fact, ask God, you know, they want to commit suicide, they want to die, and He refuses every time. And. When you do see suicides in the scripture, and we've talked about this at length before, uh, very often you'll see, like Saul was possessed by a demon. You see Judas, he was an apostate, and he was possessed by Satan, and he he commits suicide. You see, uh, you know, those in rebellion to God trying to commit suicide under the trumpet judgments because they've been stung by this uh, these painful locust-type creatures, and they can't die for five months. You see the demonic at the tombs cutting himself, you know, he's possessed by legion. So suicidal thoughts come from Satan. They're the opposite of faith. And the scriptures warn that we have to continue in the faith. And uh, those who persevere in the faith are the ones who are saved in the end. Jesus said, he that endures the end will be saved. Uh, Paul says those who don't continue in the faith, Romans chapter 11, 20 through 22, he very clearly states this, are cut off. And you can't be cut off if you're not in. And he's talking to those, he says you stand by faith, but you have to continue in the faith. He's not talking to non-believers there. And he presents us holy and blameless before him, according to Colossians 1, 21 through 24, if we continue in the faith. There it is again. Uh, Hebrews 6 talks about those who had received the Holy Spirit and they had repented. And they hardened their hearts so much they can't hear the voice of the Lord anymore because they're in such rebellion to them that it's impossible to renew them again to repentance. And so there are those who become hardened in their hearts, angry at God, angry at others, and and commit suicide. And the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, he that destroys the temple of God, God will destroy. That's a pretty scary verse there. Uh verses 16 and 17, actually. So uh I would say this, whenever you see suicide in scripture, the church historically, although it's changed the last, you know, several decades, but the view of the church historically had been that, you know, suicide is forbidden by God, it's condemned by God, and uh they didn't even, you know, and it was it was tough. I wouldn't go this far, but they wouldn't allow a lot of churches wouldn't even allow burials. Uh, formal burials, funerals, I should say, for those who committed suicide. Yet yeah, my heart breaks, you know, I don't want to think about it too much because uh, I'll start to cry for people that commit suicide. But I wouldn't want to give them the false promise that, yeah, if you commit suicide, because committing suicide is actually, you know, cowardice. It's refusing to deal with the trial that God has allowed you to be in. It's its opposite of trusting God. It's opposite of faith. It's actually a, a declaration against God, His plan for your life. And it it can't be done in faith. So uh, you can't be in the faith, typically, from what we see in Scripture, if you commit suicide. To tell somebody that, yeah, if you commit suicide, say somebody comes in and I'm counseling someone, and they're very suicidal, and they want to know, if I commit suicide, will I go to heaven? I tell them, yes. I'm basically patting them on the back, and I believe I would be held responsible before God for their suicide. So I believe uh, pastoral counsel has to be very, very careful with this. in fact, it's easier to say that to somebody because you don't want somebody to feel like somebody who committed suicide that they're close to is in hell, right? You don't wanna you don't wanna emphasize that. So it's easy at a funeral to say, oh, so-and-so is in heaven. But what you're just you've just done there is you've man if you can get to heaven by just committing suicide and get out of your trials and stuff, it's, people are gonna be like, sign me up. So if someone's persuasive in teaching that, that's very deadly. In fact, John MacArthur uh, and his church, they were sued, I think around eighty-five or so is when this thing happened and the Nally family. Uh that John MacArthur and others were counseling, uh, the, their son. And, uh, one of the pastors that was counseling him, according to the LA times, uh, talked about, you know, told him, you know, if you commit suicide, you'll go to heaven. And they they were sued for, you know, negligence and supposedly, and not letting, you know, John MacArthur didn't warn people that he said he was going to try to commit suicide, his family and so forth, according to their testimonies. And they, 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 they were sued not successfully, uh, because, but guess what? Uh, John MacArthur said after the guy committed suicide, well, I look forward to being reunited with him in heaven. So, and he's being told, apparently, according to the LA Times article, by one of the pastors acknowledged that he had said, yeah, you will be in heaven. And that's enough sometimes to, because those churches historically, or I should say groups that warn against suicide and don't promise salvation from suicide, have less suicide attempts, you know, which I think is interesting. Wrong doctrine leads to wrong living. Now, having said all of that, are there cases where people have committed suicide where they could have repented, they could have got right with God? Uh, You know, I've done, and it's the most painful thing to do, I've done a couple uh, uh, funerals in my 30-plus years as a pastor. Two, one guy that was never stepped foot in the church, I did his funeral. Another guy who popped in once in a while and popped in different churches, I did his funeral. And I had to say, you know, at his funeral, you know, I couldn't say, I felt horrible, but I couldn't say, hey, this guy's with Jesus, you know? Uh, they found all kinds of porn in his his room and stuff, and he'd visit the church here and there, and uh, he OD'd, oh, I'm sorry, no, he slid his wrist. And they said he bled out for a while. So do I know whether this person cried out to the Lord in the end and said, have mercy my God, I can't believe it, I don't want to commit suicide, I repent of my sin, and turn to him in, the end? I don't know. He could have. So I don't say, oh, he's that guy's definitely in hell. I wouldn't say that either. But at the funeral, I didn't say, praise God, so-and-so is in heaven right now. No, because you know what? I have to speak the truth even when it's hard to speak the truth uh, because we really have to speak our convictions from Scripture. The Scriptures tell us we have to continue in the faith, and the Scriptures call this murder. In Revelation 21.8, the Bible says murderers will go to the lake of fire. And you know what? I felt, man, I may have offended his dad. I felt so bad his dad came up. I never met him before he flew in for the funeral. He came up and gave me a big hug. He said, you know, I know that was hard to do. I'm so grateful that you spoke the truth. And it blessed my heart. like, thank you, Lord God, you know? And, uh, but it's hard, it's hard. So we don't know in every situation where someone was at in their last moments. Uh, you know, obviously if someone blows their brains out, there's no time to repent after that. So, but the Bible says love hopes all things. So I give a strong warning, but then at the same time, if I had someone close to me that committed suicide, you know, I would want to hope that somehow, some way God had reached them in the end and, you know, and, I don't want to be super dogmatic, but I want to say this: I'm going to err on the side of caution and warn people to not commit suicide because the scriptures indicate that it's not going to end well for you for all eternity.
1: Yeah, amen. It's it's so true. And when you read the, the letters, whether it's every letter to every church in Revelation, it's about enduring and persevering, and never once does he say take the easy way out. That's right. right. It's endure. It's endure. And it's
2: it's it actually Chad, you're right. He says fear no of the things which thou shall suffer. Behold. Uh, you know, the devil will cast you, some into prison for 10 days. Be faithful unto death. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. He that has an let him hear what the Spirit say, says to the church. He that overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. So either endure to the end, or you have the second death.
1: All right, well, we only got about 15 minutes left, but we had one more question. This uh, might be a little faster because it's asking both you and I about our more devotional life, and maybe just a, a quick personal anecdote uh, in terms of, how we study it. So I'd love to know how Chad and Pastor Joe have gone about their daily scripture learning and memorization. Uh, how they know the Bible uh, so well, and what does it take uh, for that to happen? And maybe some commentaries, uh, some books, or some early church fathers uh, that we might recommend. All right, I've just talked for a few minutes, bro. You talk next. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll, ca- I'll cap it off. Okay, so um, interesting enough, when it came to scripture memorization, I was talking to a, a wrestler today that sent me a text, and he had asked me. Specifically, he said, hey, I just saw this award, and it had a couple of verses on it. And the verses it had on there were from Joshua chapter 24, and then the other one was from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. And I'm just giving you the background of the first Bible <coughs> verse I ever memorized, because I literally came to faith. I have the DVD right behind my head. They sold their souls for rock and roll. I watched that. I gave my life to Christ, and I had driven home from the beach and I, the first thing I did after crying out to the Lord, after literally repenting, knowing the Holy Spirit was now in me, uh, I had thrown away all my music that I was listening to, all the satanic stuff I was into, and I went and bought a Bible. But before I did that, I went to my computer, literally probably two hours after salvation, I went to my computer and I typed in, because I was a wrestler, I typed in the verse, I just typed in Bible and wrestling. And I found two things, Genesis 32 and Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 12. And Genesis 32, for a young believer, only two hours of faith, was a little too long to memorize, but it had Jacob (laughs) wrestling God, and that was when he got his name Israel. Uh, And it's still a a text that I think about a lot. It's amazing um, to think about. But Ephesians 6.12, which says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And I remember reading that and saying, wow, this is so cool. And I memorized that, and that was the first verse I memorized then I started reading the scriptures. I remember I worked at a restaurant at that time. So I got to work early. I sat there and I opened up a Bible for the first time in my life in terms of an actual believer, started in Matthew and then read through to Revelation and then went back to Genesis and read through. Now, something I've done is give myself some goals and I maybe it comes from my background as a wrestling coach, but I've given myself some goals and I give the guys that disciple goals. So I wanted to read the Bible in 30 days, and I did that in January. And now I moved it to 90 days, which I just finished. And now I'm moving it to 120 days for my next Bible reading in terms of how I'm reading the Bible. And I've switched it <coughs> off chronologically and so forth. But one thing I've always done, no matter what, one thing I've always done is say, I have to read scripture before I eat my first meal. Jesus was very clear that man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Job said in Job 23, 12, that he esteemed the words of Christ, the words, I'm sorry, the words of God, those words higher than his necessary food. So I say to myself, I'm going to fill myself with the word of God before I fill myself with any food. So something that has just made sure to be a mainstay in my life. Mm. And when it comes to memorization, one of the things I've always done uh, as a married man and as somebody with kids is when I want to memorize something, I memorize it a lot of times either with my wife or I'll tell her about it or my kids that's a huge thing um we have a number of commentaries but I've already been talking for a while so i'm gonna let Joe probably go to that maybe you can give a couple of book recommendation recommendations and stuff you do for uh, scripture reading
2: <laughs> yeah uh man uh, that's a great answer uh similar I like to just you know when I got saved uh I wasn't much of a student before I got saved I mean I was a student of the world but not much of a reader you know I read some <laughs> books off of, a couple of the books I read got me in a lot of trouble because I was practicing the power of the subconscious mind they learned some of these esoteric occult books. But when I got saved, my whole life changed, and I just couldn't read enough, you know? I couldn't study enough. And, you know, my mom told me after I was saved a few years, she goes, man, if you would have put all that work you put into studying the Bible, man, you could be a doctor or lawyer easily right now. Well, I, to me, I'm sorry, but that would be like a step down from what I was doing. I'm like, no, this is the word of God. I and mean, praise God for doctors and lawyers, if they're especially if they're believers, right, or they're honest. But I'll tell you what, man, I couldn't get enough of God's word, and uh, how it dwells in us is by the grace of God. First of all, I want to remain poor in spirit, which has to do with the answer we just gave previously. I want to always recognize that there's so much more to know, you know? And, you know, people say these things to me all the time. Man, you know so much scripture, and I still look at it as, man, we're just scratching the surface, you guys. There's so much in the word of God. So it keeps me excited to keep going back. It's compared to a treasure in scripture rubies and more precious than rubies and, and and jewels Job the book of Proverbs so we are mining for spiritual gold spiritual diamonds which are far better than the physical things that pass away because they have to do with what your life will is enriched by and, and what your eternity will be like even what your resurrected body will be like for all eternity and so I, when i first got saved man i hope that scripture this scriptures just began to jump off the page because I'm like, wow, this is truth. I've been lied to by the evil one. I've been lied to by the world system. And now, man, we've got the light of God's word. Amen. It's just breathed by by God himself, you know? So I just, um, it wasn't, you know, I didn't know any Christians. I didn't have any Christian teachers. I just had the word of God and that was more than enough, right? That's his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Sharpen the two-edged sword. Works affection in the hearts of those who believe and so forth. I'd see meditate on his word day and night. And I just fell in love with him. And this is his love letter. And I couldn't believe what I was reading about, you know, the warfare that I was in, about the love of Christ and what the Lord has done for us, you know, about prophecy, where where the world's going, you know, about the history of Israel and God's working with his people uh, through the Old Testament into the new, the Old and the New Covenant. Just, I was blown away. I'm like, it all fit like a hand in the glove. So uh, it was just being excited about his word. And now 30 some years later, Wow, going on 40, I hate to admit, you know, uh, pretty soon. We're coming up pretty quick here. Uh, I haven't lost my desire uh, for his word and for him by his grace, you know. And I could never get enough. So uh, to this day, you know, I go to bed memorizing scripture often. Most nights I might be so wiped out, you know, where I fall asleep in my office chair and I get up at 30 in the morning or 2.30 or 4 a.m., which happens sometimes, uh, and then I'll go to bed. And sometimes I'll still even grab a scripture then, but usually I'll go earlier than that, than 4 or 1.30. And when I do, I'll bring scripture with me and I'll, I'll memorize scripture. And I'll go to sleep, pray in the Lord's prayer, seek the Lord in, in just personal prayer and memorizing scripture. And man, if you're like, man, I wish I could, I have a problem with insomnia. Just start memorizing the word of God because then guess what? The devil will try to put you to sleep, you know? Uh, and, and hopefully you'll get the word of God memorized, you know, uh, so, but meditating on it day and night. The Bible says, the Psalmist says in Psalm 119, I've hid your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. And I want to please the Lord. And the more you memorize scripture, the more you read scripture, the more you hate sin. And there's an old saying that, you know, uh, if your Bible, the Bible that's fallen apart usually belongs to a person who's not falling apart, right? And this book will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book. So it's very important to stay in the word and just meditate on it day and night. So uh, it's funny because Chad, Lisa and I still this day, you know, We'll get a scripture sometimes that we just went off a few days, a couple weeks ago. And we had a long drive and said, let's work on this verse together, you know, but we don't do that all the time, but we do that at times. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you're driving that, I mean, I'll do it whether I'm like driving, you know, whether I'm going to go to sleep, whether I wake up in the morning and always having the scripture with you is important. And that's where I remember as I was driving to work at like a 45, 50 minute hour drive, drive 45, 50 to an hour minute drive. And then uh, I drive up, and then I drive back. It's like, well, what a waste of time. But I didn't want it to be a waste of time. And it's through that that I memorized about half the book of Revelation. And it's like, well, why stop at half? Well, uh, the church I was pastoring, which is Blessed Hope, which I still pastor to this day, I was working full-time and pastoring, and they begged me. They got me to hear. I said, Joe, can you just, can you pastor full-time, just quit your job? We think we have enough money now and so forth to take care of you and help you know pay your bills and all. So I said, Sure. So now I'm teaching through books and I'm memorizing scripture that has to do with those books and so forth and soaking my head in scripture. I don't have that drive anymore. So I stopped memorizing the book of Revelation there. And uh, but that still to this day blessed my walk so much. And I man, there was a time where I was a tile setter and I'm putting puzzle together, memorizing scripture. I remember digging ditches, man. That was one of my favorite jobs because it's a lot easier to memorize scripture when you're digging ditches than when you're putting, you know, doing a tile shower or something and uh, I just found different ways, and I do this to this day. If I, my favorite time to be in the Word and memorize Scripture is when I go hiking, is, is, or if I go riding on my, on my mountain bike, or if I go for a walk with my wife. It's easier to memorize when I'm not walking with my wife, though, because we're chatting the whole time, which is great, right? So you're edifying one another in the Lord, but when you're hiking and just bring a Scripture with you, this is why I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, and this may really bless you, when you on a, just a practical devotional level. If you exercise, Take a scripture with you because the Bible says spiritual exercise is more important than physical exercise because physical exercise is only profitable for this world, but spiritual exercise is profitable for this world and the kingdom to come. So guess what I love to do? If I go exercise, oftentimes, most of the time, I'll take a scripture with me and I'll memorize that scripture. And guess what? If I'm hiking, man, and I got a scripture, I might look at that big hill. I want to give up. I want to quit. I'm like, man, do I really want to go up that hill right now? But guess what? I just I'm memorizing scripture, so I'm I'm just going over the scripture. Before you know, I'm at the top of the hill. Makes my workouts way easier. I'm telling you right now. And so you're doubly blessed spiritually and physically. So I want to encourage you guys that are you know, and if you're not exercising, what a great excuse to exercise. You know what? I'm going to start going for a walk and memorizing scripture. You get doubly blessed spiritually and physically. So that's been a real enriching in my life. In fact, guess what? A lot of the messages I put together, oh, I'm hiking putting, you know, memorizing scripture, going for a walk. And then as you're seeking the Lord and praying, pray during it, pray the scriptures, Lord, do this in my life. It's a command. Or Lord, give me insight. Show me wonderful things, beautiful things from your word. That's what the psalmist prayed. If you're praying and all of a sudden scriptures will come together and I'll be, all of a sudden, as I'm praying, the Holy Spirit will bring all these scriptures together, time together. I'm like, wow, Lord, that's just beautiful. So I could, we could go on and on. I know we have gone on and on, but it's, it's just uh saturating your mind with the word of God, like, well, Joe, I'm not really good at memorizing scripture. It's like the young man that said to his pastor, he encouraged him to memorize scripture and meditate on it day and night. And he told the pastor, he goes, you know, pastor, I'm like a sieve though, man. It's like you pour water on me, it just goes right through. I don't retain it. And the pastor said, well, what's going on with that sieve? At least it's remaining clean, right? We're clean through the word he's spoken to us. And real quick word on commentaries, because I I know we got another question or two. Two minutes. Two minutes. Oh man, how good it is. I'll just say this regarding commentaries. I try to be really careful in recommending commentaries because there's so much false teaching out there. And I don't want to give somebody, because I have to wade through commentaries. When I've, I've taught through Book of Revelation, I've had over 30 commentaries in the Book of Revelation. And some of them are weak. Some are quite strong. And a lot of them have, you know, bad interpretations. But uh, there's there's different guys online that are free that you can look you can look at commentary like Adam Clark, for instance. Not really good at prophecy. Doesn't do a whole lot of prophecy but really, really good in a lot of areas, stunning. You, sometimes you're like amazed, man. These guys didn't have the helps that we have. You're like, Adam Clark was a uh, theologian under John Wesley's ministry, and he has some really, really solid, solid commentary. Uh, when it comes to uh, you know different writers, uh, there's Matthew Henry, he's more Calvinistic, so I'd be careful with him. And I hesitate to say a lot of the names because if I do, I'll, I'll pass out and I'll encourage people that I know really well, hey, check out this commentary, it's really good. But if I just say it on the Internet, hey, check this guy out, i got to be careful because, you know, I'd say be careful with some guys. If they have damnable heresies, just don't even bother. But if they have little h heresies where you disagree with this, ah, you know, I disagree with that, but it's not going to damn someone's soul. He just doesn't understand that passage or what have you. I'm a little more lax on that. But, you know, eat the watermelon, spit out the seeds, right? But I don't mean to say that uh, with regard to heresy, as far as, you know, something that could damn your soul, I would say stay away from any commentators that are teaching heresies. So that, that's hopefully that, it's only like two minutes, you know, here we are. No,
1: no, amen, yeah. And, and you know, these are great because these always go by really, really fast. And, you know, I, I even saw Lewis on there who used to always go out uh, and see witnessing. So it was cool to see him. And I'll say this, when it comes to just the memorizing of Scripture, a lot of the Scriptures that I memorized personally are things that have come up in the ministry where I'm like, I'm talking about it all the time. You know, people are having questions about certain verses and going out and witnessing and sharing the gospel. We always talk about microwaving your faith by sharing the gospel out on the streets because then you're forced to memorize those things. You can't just sit on your phone and in mid-conversation keep going back to it. You write the word on your heart, and one of the reasons you write it on your heart is so you don't sin against God. That's one of the things we cry out, Lord, amen. As the psalmist did, you know, you how will a young man keep his way pure by guiding it according to to your word. All of those scriptures, I think it's Psalm 119. We have the Retreat coming up. That's during the Retreat, I think I read through it six or seven times. It's Psalm 119 over and over again. I can't remember how many times, but I just kept reading it because I love that Psalm because it reminds me to go back to the Word of God. And I know we have a ton of books and stuff behind our head. I know in terms of anti-Nicene fathers, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the, you know, some of the desert fathers, obviously, or even Origin and yeah. so forth. But I know guys that I really enjoy reading. You can read Polycarp. You can also read Irenaeus. It's probably my favorite hymn or Justin Martyr. Him and Justin, uh, man, are amazing. Are, are amazing. Tertullian also has some really, really good stuff. Also Coined the stuff. word Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. And so... Apollotus. Yeah, Hippolytus. I was just reading Tratian this morning, so... Yeah, sometimes it's really good to, to catch up on those things. You can read but, them online, by the way. You don't have to buy them. The early church fathers are online. Yeah, they are. They they are online, and, and they're really good. Oh, man, we're about to be cut off, and I don't want to have that happen without an outro. But Alexander
2: McLaren's commentary is the That's what goal, I was going to say. He beat me I've to got, it. He's got mine in here. He goes, man, I need some books. I'm going to, ah, I'll give you Alexander McLaren. Yeah. Ah. If we were going to keep his commentary. Him. 1800 that, Baptist, but not one state, state Yeah, I think I have
1: one A and one B in terms of my favorite. It's. It's Alexander McLaren and Adam Clark are my are my two favorites. Yeah, but those are great guys. Guys, we wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this live stream for the Q&A. We're going to have to do it again because we did not get to as many questions as I want to get to. But I hope you guys were blessed by this. I see the comments. You guys, obviously, were blessed. Thank you guys. We love you guys. And if you want to join on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash goodfight or just like us on Facebook, YouTube, follow us on Twitter. And God bless we you We love guys. you guys.
0: Press on in Jesus. <laughs> Praise God for you. Amen.